Hello and welcome to the DFS Academy NFL podcast for week 11. We return after a uh, brief week hiatus. Uh, got pretty busy and didn't get an episode out to you last week, so glad to be back. Tonight I am joined by some very special guests. Uh, guest number one is uh, a brand new writer to the site. Uh, Greg has come on board. Uh, he is uh, working on some GPP strategy articles uh, for NFL right now, and he'll be rolling that right into the NBA season. So, Greg, how are you tonight? Not bad, Matthew. Not too bad. It's nice to have you on board. Uh, uh, you and I have been chatting in various places for a while, so it's nice to, to get your uh, knowledge shared with everybody. And our second guest tonight is the host of the DFS Trash Talk podcast. And you might uh, have seen her talking trash on Twitter. It is Nita Rodriguez. Nita, how are you? I'm good. You're always going to see me talking trash, though. Always. It's the name brand, right? You got to. It's the name brand, you know. Uh, We all talk trash after lock. That's why we call it DFS Trash Talk after lock. Because we all have something to say. There you go. So I feel like we all can just get it out without any issues and just, like, put it all on the table. Even if it is the second quarter or something. Who cares? Like, we need a, we need a vent. This is DFS. Yeah, that's half the fun. Hell yeah. Before we get into this week's slate, I just wanted to point out that there are, you know, in, in addition to adding Greg to the staff at the DFS Academy, which you can uh, visit at www.thedfsacademy.com. Uh, we have done a little bit of reshuffling of uh, people. Uh, we are still bringing you the game-by-game weekly breakdown, but that has a new writer in Noah Freeman who uh, has that out this week. Very well done. Uh, thanks to Josh for doing that before. Just time requirements kind of got to him. So we're glad to have uh, Noah jump on in that. I forgot his name, but we have a brand new set of projections. Uh, so apologies to uh, the new guy doing that. Apologies to projections guy. Projections guy. Right, right. Um, he, um, hey, at least you know what job he's doing. And if if you're out there listening, we are actually looking for uh, people to take over uh, some MLB content once that comes. Uh, college football, Ooh. PGA. Or uh, PGA or League of Legends. So if you're out there <laughs> listening and you want to get get a uh, get started on trying your hand at making DFS content, uh, contact uh, at HessDFS or our Twitter handle at the DFS Academy. So uh, yeah, please don't please don't make me do MLB, y'all. Somebody somebody please email. <laughs> To clarify, I would do MLB, but there's no way I'm. I want to do MLB and NBA at the same time. That no. yeah, <laughs> no, they I think those are two similar uh, sports that has a lot of data in between the two, and I just don't think you could just do both. I think like you have to, like, uh, just dedicate your time to one or the other if you wanted to like just do the analysis part. Yeah. Rolling into this NFL slate, uh, I know uh, Greg said he had a rant prepared for us. So. Oh, oh yeah, I do. Okay, so, so, so Nita, I have a question for you. So, sure. I, 
I'm fl- I'm flipping a coin, right? And you yep. and you have you have to pick whether it's going to be heads or tails, okay? okay? And the coin has come up heads the last the last two times. Now I'm about to flip again. Does that okay. th- does that have any bearing on the decision that you're about to make? No. Okay. Matthew, so I'm about to, I'm about to flip a coin and you have to pick what you have to pick one side or the other. Now somebody comes up to you and they tell you that I really like this particular coin. I, I like the way that it feels on my hand. And because I like the way that it feels on my hand, that's why the last 500 times I've flipped this coin, 70% of the time it's come up tails. Does that influence your decision? No. Okay. So that is that is that is what we're talking about here. So we have we have two quarterbacks on this slate in Alex mm-hmm. Smith and James Winston, who mm-hmm. the general the general DFS public at large has formed has formed very specific opinions about for very specific reasons. So let's let's start with uh, let's start with Alex Smith because he's probably going to be he's probably going to be maybe. I don't know if controversial, but a little bit more of an obscure topic. So the, the, per, the perception of Alex Smith is that Alex Smith is captain check down. He loves to throw to running backs, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Right. We've seen this the last two weeks with double digit double targets to J.D. McKissick. Mm-hmm. This is just, this is just reinforced this idea. What if I told you that in his 15 years in the NFL – of all the teams that that he's quarterbacked, there ha- there have been only two running backs with more than 50 catches in a season on a team quarterback by Alex Smith, and neither of them had over 55 catches, and one of them was Jamal Charles. I'm about to say that doesn't fit with the correlation of him checking down McKessick 12, 14 times in each week. And what if I what if I also told you that out Al- that Alex Smith Really only start really only started throwing to running backs a significant portion of time in 2018 when his primary receiving weapons were such luminaries as Jamison Crowder and Jordan Reed. Those those guys don't exactly insp- inspire confidence, but he did he did have Chris Thompson who was a who was a legitimate rec- receiving back, and in 2018, Alex Smith threw to running backs 17 percent of the time. Now, prior to that, as I mentioned, there was there was one run, there was one running back that to have more than fifty catches in a season, and it was Jamal Charles, who was an all-world running back um, okay. at that time. Alex Smith, every every single year, dating back to two thousand eleven, has had a wide receiver or a t- or tight end in the in the top thirty in the NFL in target share mm-hmm. every, every year with the exception of 2018. Now, none of this fits with this, with this idea that Alex Smith is cap and check down. Alex Smith is this, and he's going to, he's going to throw to running backs and stuff like that. I mean, t- Tyree kill was top, was top five in, in the league in, 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 you know, and it's a antiquated stat, but receiving yards per catch. Um, now, this 
the reason that I'm bringing this up and is number one, I think this narrative is silly because because overall it doesn't fit the larger sample, and mm -hmm. no, and number two, the reason that I mentioned the analogy with the coin flip is what we're what we're seeing is we have this idea that Alex Smith is is, is going to throw to running backs, and the it seems like people are going to have this idea that because he's thrown to running backs the last two weeks and because he threw to running backs in 2018, that that somehow makes it significantly more likely to occur again. That that's where, that's where I have major problems because it's sim it's simply, that's not the case. It's not how it works. There's too there's too many variables. You know, we don't, we don't know what the, we don't know what the pass rush is. We don't know what the play calling is. We don't know, you know, we, we don't know if somebody's holding the wide receivers. We don't know if one of the wide receivers gets knocked out of the line. We don't know. There's, I could go through a million different variables. And we don't know any of these things. But yet the assumption is still made that this is going to happen. And, you know, this, this is something, this, this whole idea that something like targets or something like catches or something like that, that this idea that, that those are necessarily fundamentally predictive, mm -hmm. I mean, not, not so much targets, that's not a great example, but some of the, there are, there are descriptive and predictive statistics. And what you see an, an awful lot is you see people, and I'm talking about the industry at large, I'm talking about content at large, you see descriptive statistics being used to, being used in the form of predictive analysis. And that, that's simply not correct. And that transitions into, into our second player, Jameis Winston. As, okay. As someone who uh, I think Terry McLaurin was the highest owned player in my uh, twenty max lineups, uh, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> it. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, and you saying that um, about the Jameis Winston thing, I feel like a lot of people already look at Taysom Hill. Yeah. Too. You know, especially with him being on FanDuel and a free play, you know, all of my friends, for some reason, keep bringing him up. They keep saying, like, look, he's a free square on FanDuel and Jameis is starting and, you know, Breeze is sitting. Should we just take that price tag? For me, it's kind of a yes. I don't care that Winston used to throw two, three interceptions. It's Atlanta. And their defense is just garbage. So why aren't we playing Jamison? So it's funny that you mentioned interceptions. So there's this there's this idea, and you know, and this is just one thread, for example. Like if you go to if you go to Derek, yeah. if you go to Derek Cardi's Twitter and you look at uh -huh. and you look at the Jameis Winston thread and you look at some of the things that people said, you get mm -hmm. you get a pretty good idea of people's opinion of Jameis Winston. And the idea comes across that Jameis Winston threw a lot of interceptions. Therefore, Jameis Winston yep. is bad. Yes. And but he's not 
that bad. Well, and interceptions, and this goes leads back to what I was talking about. Interceptions are a statistic that is in no way predictive. They're facts. Interceptions. When someone talks to me about interceptions, I just start hearing like like the the static that you hear when you turn to channel two on your analog TV. Like it's just worthless. Like yeah. it has it has no it has no bearing on what is going to happen in a single game. Now, right. Here, this is my Jameis Winston, Winston spiel. So the the idea is that. Jameis Winston throws a lot of interceptions because Jameis Winston's bad. So Jameis Winston had a had a four a four point eight percent interception ratio in twenty nineteen. This is fifty percent higher, fifty percent higher than any other season in his career. Mm-hmm. And that so it's it's simply it's simply way out of line of uh, with what he, with what he'd done in the past and. If you, I think it's just a bias type thing too. Well, that's that's yeah, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going, and it's, and I mean, if you look, if you look at Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston is not bad. Jameis Winston is in right. That's right. It, he's right. an extremely variant play, and yes. he can, you know, he he could put he could put up thirty five here, or he could put up five. Man, he could put up forty with. Three interceptions, four interceptions on some Fitzpatrick shit. And we still gonna take that shit because he's not he's not expensive. No, no, he's not. So just just to wrap it up, my kind of the point I was trying to make, and I'm not sure how well I articulated it, was that when we see statistics like like interceptions or targets or whatever we're, we're talking about a 16 game season i mean we're talking about a tiny sample you know when, when we're looking at two games or three games or even 10 games like this is this is tiny like wh- whatever you see in those in those in those whatever sample sample of games i mean if it's anything less than like 30 games or 25 games Right. Anything you see there really only has marginal value as far as as far as well, how should I approach this slate? It really it really only has has marginal value because it's not necessarily predictive. And I mean, and I think I think some of this stuff is viewed as concrete, for sure, ironclad, predictive, and. Now, targets are a great metric. Don't don't get me wrong. Again, that's kind of a weird example. Interceptions are a better one. I just I think as a as a community, there aren't there aren't enough people that are being really careful with this stuff because some of this stuff just gets regurgitated everywhere. Yes, it does. Absolutely does. So yeah, that's and just to jump in there, even if we had a twenty five game sample, like it still depends on you know, who's playing around him, what kind of right. team he's on, you know, who the opponent is. So even if you had that larger sample, like interceptions don't necessarily attribute to the skill. Might Like uh, it might attribute to some of the decision-making, but mm-hmm. like not in a way that you can use as predictive, like you said. 
So the other thing that I've seen, the other meme, so to speak, uh, about Jameis Winston is that he doesn't check down the ball. Uh, so people are worried about Elvin Kamara uh, mm-hmm. in, in the sense that half, you know, so much of his work comes from uh, passes. And now, on Michael Thomas, mm-hmm. to me, that, that was an entirely different offense that he was in that didn't have Elvin Kamara. I don't, I don't, I don't even remember what kind of running backs he had at Tampa Bay. That's how. Poop emoji. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so there, there's, a, there's another place where people are coming in with opinions about Jameis Winston that probably don't apply here. Not That's to, true. Not to mention the fact that that 2019 Tampa offensive line was absolutely, they were just a trash fire. They were terrible. Yeah, they were garbage. This is going to be probably one of the uh, more popular games. I think if they look at ownership, you know, like if you have access to ownership projections, it's going to be popular. It's going to be. <laughs> it's 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 going to it's going to be it's going to be popular. I agree, it's going to be popular, but you know, you could always have that one off. And if you you know you look at ownership projections, you could still do it. You what? know, just have a little. Uh, what do they call it? Have a little, you know, a little something from that game, a one-off or whatever. I mean, I mean, if if you if you're like me and 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 you like dusty ass, washed up players, you can play Todd Gurley. Be like I don't the, like dusty like ass, cool washed kids. up players <laughs> that bad. <laughs> you like the cool kids play Todd Gurley. <laughs> Hey, but you know, Todd Gurley's not too bad when he gets in a good situation. He just, you know, he's hurt. He's no, hurt. Todd Gurley's bad. He was with the Rams. He was balling. We can't do that to him like that. You know what I'm saying? He he balled when he was with them. Well, I, I guess what I was gonna I was gonna go with that. Um, you know, everybody's wondering about Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill and whatever, and I feel like. Uh, the Matt Ryan stack is getting lost in the talk about this game. Well, Alvin Kamara, Ice. Alvin Kamara also popped up questionable today. Did not practice. Yeah, it's Thursday. It's the it's the same foot injury that he's that he's been dealing with for a couple of weeks. So it it doesn't mm. doesn't see it doesn't seem like it's something that is going to necessarily put him in in danger of missing the game. Because right now. As far as those high-priced running backs, Delvin Cook is looking to be, you know, he is the top tier in price, also the top tier in ownership. So, oh, one of my favorite games on the slate. You know, we'll take a detour there if you if you'd like to uh, get into some Minnesota love. Oh no, I don't want to get into Minnesota. We need to talk about the Cowboys. We, oh, we need to, we need to talk, we need to talk about <laughs> we need to talk some Andy Dalton. Amari Cooper, no. CD Lamb, <laughs> some some Dalton Schultz. Look, these guys are cheap. Okay, I'll talk about the receivers. These guys, these guys are cheap. Like this is a cheap, cheap stack. That I mean, it's Thursday, and it's hard to say anything definitively. But I think I, I can. So I, think, I think I can say this pretty definitively: that people aren't going to play Andy Dalton. Okay, no, they. I, I can say that pretty definitively, but. You're gonna have the ownership on Dalvin Cook is gonna be massive. Like it's it, it, it's it's gonna be massive. It's gonna be or it's, it's probably gonna settle well into the 30s. 
even the uh, maybe a little higher. If receivers on Minnesota, and and yeah, Jefferson and the and Thielen, it, it looks like Herb Smith's going to play. So that that takes that takes Rudolph off the table. But the Minnesota target tree is de- is definitely very narrow. I mean, you can certainly play Kirk Cousins. From what I've read, Zeke Elliott, and I was hoping this wasn't the case. He's still dealing with this hamstring injury. So, and I really wanted to play Zeke Elliott coming into this week. That that's the play I really wanted to make. But he's 6500. Yeah, he's 6500, but he's pretty much running around on one leg right now. And that's that that that's a problem. But I think the way you play Dalvin Cook is I think you stack Dallas. Um, Amari Cooper's going to have some ownership, but probably not a ton. He, you're gonna you're gonna see Amari Cooper paired with Dalvin Cook in like a secondary stack, or you're gonna see him as the run back in like a Minnesota pass game stack, which I think probably gets some ownership, not a ton. Nobody's gonna play Lamb. Nobody's gonna play Dalton Schultz. Gallup is almost free, and Dalton's fifty three hundred. I mean, th- these guys, these guys are cheap. They're playing indoors against a ba- against a bad pass defense. I mean, against a bad pass defense that's on a short week when they're coming off a bye. Mm-hmm. Now this is not this is not a high percentage play. I do think it I do think it is a it is a viable one. And again, it's now it's not necessarily super super leveraged, but it'll I think it'll become it'll become more leveraged as the as the week moves along because it sounds like DeAndre Swift is going to be out. Chalk Adrian Peterson is going to be a thing. <laughs> oh, Swift is out? Uh, yeah, he popped up uh, with a concussion today. I don't know if it came from the Wow. Uh, yeah. He was so high on the ownership. Yeah. So that's – that that's gonna shake things up, and that's gonna that's really that that Dalvin Cook Adrian Peterson combination is gonna be really, and I'm gonna be going over this in my article. That 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 combination, assuming Swift is out, that combination is gonna be really popular, like really like really popular. Like it, it might it might be in twenty percent of all lineups in a large field tournament. They've turned it away from using Peterson lately, but they had no problem using him before. And I think they've made it pretty clear that they hate carry on Johnson. They have for years. Yeah. Clear. The, the, yeah. Why do they still have him? Like, why they don't just trade him? Because, well, isn't it obvious? Because the Giants already signed Alfred Morris. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, also signed, they also signed Freddie Freeman. But that's the Giants. Still, I mean, what the hell? Yeah. If, so, if Matt good. Patricia could get Alfred Morris... You cut carry on Johnson like that. You'd be like, I, I gotta have Alfred Morris. That's not an excuse for me. You signed one already. You might as well fucking let the other one go. <laughs> but yeah, that that was definitely something that I had in my notes. I wanted to bring up that, assuming Swift is out, and it looks pretty likely that that Cook and Peterson pairing is going to be particularly popular. Damn. Swift was projected for the 21st running back of week 11. Yeah, he was With, he was trending high in the ownership and he projected really well in Yeah. Moving on a little bit here to I think uh what's looking to be I think might be the second highest over under when I look uh mm-hmm. this New England Houston game which is 
it's interesting because uh, basically everybody had written off Cam. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go to you, Nina, because it sounds like you're the Patriots fan here. Uh, I'm the biggest Patriots fan. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> So, objectively, without without getting your fandom involved, okay. what do you think okay. about this game with the Patriots and Houston? It seems like it's pretty popular in terms of uh, stacking. The quarterbacks seem pretty popular, and uh, I think Myers. Yes. So, um, when it comes to New England and Houston, I feel like this. Both teams can be garbage when they want to be. You know, they've both given up some points or whatever, but I'm always going to be team New England, regardless. I'm from New England. I'm from Boston, you know, so I'm always, like, looking into things. But when I really look into, like, numbers and everything, um, New England, we suck against the run. I mean, like, we give up the ninth most points. We've given up um, 1,163 rushing yards. Um, We give up the third most rushing success points or percentages. Um, We give up the, or or what shall I say, we give up top five rushing plus seven, minus seven. um, As far as like in the red zone, outside the red zone. So I feel like... um, other teams always have a play. They always have that that comfort because we just can't stop the run. So if they have a, a bell cow running back versus us, we're gonna we're gonna get damaged on the ground. We're we're coming off a week where Duke Johnson failed everybody. Too. <sighs> yeah, the, the, the Texans running back has failed every week. <laughs> The, te- the Texans running game is failed. Okay, he's these gonna guys, fail this week too. These, these guys keep these guys keep getting owned, and they just keep flopping. Like, well, and- Houston gives up the second most points on the ground, so y'all gotta understand that it's it's gonna happen. A lot of pieces in this game project well. Myers projects really well. Cooks projects really mm-hmm. well. Watson and Newton both project really well, yep. and they all kind yep. of fall in the same price range. The, the quarterbacks kind of mm-hmm. fall in the six Ks, and the receivers fall in the fall fall in the in the five Ks. And you know, Will Fuller's priced down sixty two hundred, at least priced down from where he has been. This game is popular, and I get it, but I don't like it. I I I, I don't, I don't think care. For, I don't care for this game for several reasons. Um, mm-hmm. Number one, Duke Johnson's going to carry going to carry a bunch of ownership, and I. I don't want to play Duke Johnson at 5,400 carrying a bunch of ownership. I did, did this all year with David Johnson. It never worked. Like, I'm not, I'm not buying into this Ponzi scheme anymore. Like, number two, this game projects, depends what model you use, but it projects mm-hmm. as one of, if not the slowest game on the slate. It projects to have around 120 plays and that's almost nothing like that's that's really low and i just on a this isn't a great slate i mean it's not like last week where we had buffalo and arizona and seattle and the the rams where there were two games that were clearly a cut above all the other games we don't have that here Mm -hmm. so 
I don't see a reason to. I don't see a reason to invest a ton of uh, a ton of ownership into a game that I don't think has a dramatically higher probability than several other games to be the to be the winning stack. I mean, I th- I think frankly, frankly, I think I would rather play Damian Harris than anybody in this game. I want to play no. Dam- I want to play Damian Harris. Yep. Because I want to play the guy that Belichick. Use him as a one-off. I want to play. I want to play the guy that Belichick's going to give the rock to, and he's just going to grind the clock down to nothing because he doesn't want Cam Newton to throw the ball, and if he doesn't have to, and he doesn't want Deshaun Watson to have the ball. So what you're doing when you play Damian Harris is you're keeping you're keeping the Texans off the field, but when Damian Harris is scoring. Jacoby Myers is not scoring. So if you're not playing chalky Jacoby Myers and you aren't playing any Texans, one of the best, I think one of the best leverage plays at running back this week is Damian Harris, even though he projects terribly. Harris is going to project is going to project terribly because they've got, they've got three running backs. He doesn't, he doesn't get any, he didn't get any volume in the past game. If he, if he does really well, he basically toilets the entire game. Right, he slows down the game, keeps the ball out of Watson's hands, and you know makes all the other chalk bust. He's a little more expensive than I'd like. I think it's still fine. Yeah, you're gonna make up that salary in the ownership. You know, for for that matter, if you really wanted to play a Texan stack, I think you could run it back with Burkhead, and I don't think that's crazy. Sure, he's catching passes too. He's taken most of the James White role. Not all of it, but James White is pretty uh, has been pretty well marginalized. But yeah, I. What are your thoughts on that game? Uh, I I was interested in it until I saw the ownership. As far as uh, even the whole stacks all have, you know, they're going to be owned separately and together. So, and one of the ways that I kind of try and gauge ownership is, I sit down and I start building lineups, and. Knowing that Dalvin Cook is going to be so popular, I look at okay, how with this entire stack, and with the Houston one, it's easy. My biggest thing is just the it's just the cheat code. You play running backs versus Houston, and I think I've been saying that for the last. 10 weeks on my own podcast, you know, with DFS Trash Talk and the NFL podcast, I'm just like, you learn the cheat codes, and Houston just keeps giving it up. So yeah, Damian Harris, is he projects terribly, but from a game theory standpoint, he's definitely leveraged. Yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't mind Burkhead either. Yeah, although I think, I think Burkhead is going to become less interesting to me if Adrian Peterson goes into play. We haven't touched on, you know, another actually sort of difficult game to figure, to break down, even though it's the highest total. The, the Green Bay Indie game, uh, mm-hmm. when I looked this morning, it had the highest total. Uh, and we, we sort of have two exact opposite teams. We have Green Bay, which has a very condensed offense. Like, you know Aaron Jones or Devontae Adams is going to get work. And you know they're going to be popular. Uh, they're hard to stack uh, because of price. 
but then you have the Indianapolis team, which is well priced, but they have like seventeen different people that score week to week. Greg, does, does anything in this stand out as far as stacks to you? Um, I what I would say is that if 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 Cox is out again, um. I think you could consider playing Philip Rivers because tight end is just so is just such a barren wasteland that just being able being able to play a a Burton or some or something like that is has appeal to me. So it's I mean it I haven't even looked I don't remember how much Philip Rivers even is to be, to be perfectly honest I'm going to look but uh I think Burton probably under the right circumstances has some appeal um obviously with Adams being questionable that's the big uh that's the big elephant in the room okay 5600 Rivers is cheap enough Adams just popped up today I think on the injury report but he obviously in the previous game he had uh, his ankle was giving him problem he did sit out for a little bit and he previously said earlier in the week that the plan is to play him but we know how cautious green bay is right yeah the the Colts side i think you could play rivers and burton if you wanted or rivers and burton and pitman or something like that or rivers and burton and the corpse of ty hilton but i probably won't be doing it yeah I don't think I will be either. I think the interest for me comes down to is what I said was that there this game is hard to stack. So I think people are going to avoid it for that reason, despite it having a pretty well r- relative to this lower this lower scoring slate. Uh, it has a well, pretty high t- total. And there's also there's also a prevailing belief out there that this Colts defense, because it play because of the type of zone that it plays doesn't really surrender big plays and obviously any defense can can surrender big big plays because anybody can bust a coverage i mean obviously if adams is out then rogers scantling and blizzard or tanyan and two of those guys and aaron Rodgers obviously becomes an incredibly desirable stack and i would imagine that tanyan becomes chalk at that point i don't see why tanyan would become chalk only because you know, like Indiana, they don't allow a lot of points to tight end. Like they rank basically uh, six versus tight end, and they don't allow a lot of points. My thing is, if Adams doesn't play, I'm all about the defenses in both of those on and in, in that game. So I don't care if my defense is Green Bay or Indiana. Because Indiana's actually good versus everything. They they have their bad days, but like legit, they are fourth against QB. They are sixth against running back. But yeah, if if Adams is out, I mean if Adams is out, I think Tanyan is the cash tight end. Yeah, and for me, I don't I don't trust any tight end on this offense. Uh I mean, it's been it's been how long since they've made that a featured part of their offense? Uh, I can't. It Mark Chimura right. in the nineties, <laughs> but I mean, I'll, I'll still play Tanyan at thirty two hundred. I mean, tight end stinks. 
if if Adams is out, I if Adams is out, I think you can play Tanya at thirty two hundred in cash for sure. Like I I think that's just yeah. the cheap guy that you play. Yep. I mean, if Adams is out, I mean, stack him up, fire up Green Bay. It's cheap. Rodgers is expensive, but the pieces the, but the pieces are going to be underpriced for the role that they're going to have. Now, this is another game that doesn't project to be particularly high paced, but it projects for a re- a really high pass rate because it's in a dome. For me, uh, I'm probably going to be one of those uh, very smart people that goes back to Jonathan Taylor. I still think that he's going to have a game. And... He's gonna he's gonna have a game if the if the team bus tips over and Hines and Wilkins both break break a leg. No, no. I I can't do it with Taylor. I just I can't. I get it. I get it. The Green Bay run defense has been bad for a decade. And run defense is super noisy, but the Packers' run defense has been bad forever. You mentioned that, Greg, that the pace is down on both of these, you know, both of these two high total games. So uh, did you have a pace up matchup that you were looking at then? I have a couple. I've, I've already mentioned my favorite game, the Dallas-Minnesota game. That Minnesota projects as slow, but... I mean, Dallas Dallas wasn't as fast with Dalton as they were with Prescott, but they were still fast. And Dallas projects, and Dallas obviously is an underdog, so they project to be passing. And Minnesota tends to just be terrible in coverage. So, And we know that big pass plays up the pace of the game. That's one. My second favorite game on the slate, which is, which is, here we go, here we go. The Washington and the Bengals. Let's do it. Let's do it. That's I love that game. I love it. I think I think both I think both sides I think both sides are excellent. They both have pretty condensed target trees. Uh you you kind of you know you know where the ball's going. Cincinnati, Cincinnati, you get you get Burrow, and it's pretty much Higgins and Boyd. Although Higgins popped up on the injury report with an illness, but it doesn't seem serious. And Washington, you get you get my boy Alex Smith, and you can play any pretty much any two of McLaurin, Logan Thomas, and JD and JD McKissick and. I don't know. Is in, is Inman supposed to be supposed to be back this week? Is that what's his what's his status? Let's see. Sure. Uh, Inman, okay. In, Inman did not practice, so he's probably not going to be back. Okay, so you also have Drew Sample at that abysmal tight end position that you're talking about. I, I can't do it with Drew, Drew Sample, <laughs> but I I get it. Um, you can you can always you can always almost always play. The twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven hundred dollar tight end on these slates where tight end stinks because you can just say, "Okay, I don't think tight ends even gonna matter." How about Logan Thomas? Is that a better? Sure, one? sure. I, I I like Logan. I played a ton of Logan Thomas last week that didn't work, but I I played a bunch of Logan Thomas. In fact, believe it or not, some of the sharpest players in the industry played Logan Thomas in cash. I I, I get it, but that surprised me. So can I? Can I close with a thought? Yeah. So I guess uh, before before we wrap up here, we seem to have uh, had some technical difficulties with Nita. So 
apologies to I think Greg, you have you I know you have a clo- you you have a closing thought. Yes. Um I mentioned the I meant and you're gonna be you're gonna be able to find all this stuff in my game theory article on DFSacademy.com that uh either late tomorrow or early Saturday. Odds are late tomorrow. Um if if you do want access to that, uh the that Greg Greg's content is behind the paywall, unlike this podcast and uh the uh the breakdown. Uh it is it's only ten dollars a month to get access to our uh our paid content. Um before before Greg closes out here with his uh his final thought. Uh we also uh have uh, our pro pick survey, so all the writers uh make picks on diff- different categories, you know, popular GPP play that they want. Uh, and then you have access to Hess's stack tool, Hess's player pool, and the buy, buy low model that he puts together thanks to uh, the data at addmorefunds.com. We also, you know, we're going to roll into NBA and everything like that. So there's a ton of stuff. Um, so, Greg, before before we close out here, what, what were you going to say? Yeah, well, it's going to be it, it'll it'll be it'll be in my article, and hopefully we'll have more clarity by tomorrow afternoon. I imagine we will. I mentioned the Dalvin Cook Adrian Peterson pairing. What I would say this week is be aware of the be, be aware of the price of your receivers. You're going to see you're going to see plenty of these Brandon Cooks, Jacoby Myers pairings. These these receivers, you're going to see a lot of lineups with two receivers in the in the low in the low to mid 5k's so that's odds are that's going to be a leverage point to attack but i will elaborate on that more in my article uh you you're talking to go up or down from that probably <laughs> yeah i'm t- i'm talking about that from a roster construction standpoint that, that that that's going that is looks like as of now looks like that's going to be a feature of the chalk roster construction so that that is definitely a spot where you can acquire leverage by being different. All right, excellent. So, Greg, uh, if if you want people to find you out there on the uh, Twitterverse, uh, where can they find you? Well, I'm at I'm at RPM Greg S. And uh, it looks like nice. uh, through some uh, technical difficulties here, we did get Nita back. If people want to follow you and uh, all the stuff that you're grinding out, where can they find you? Um, they can find us on Twitter at DFS Trash Talk, or they can hit me up on my personal Twitter at Nita's World underscore. And I'm always available. If I don't get to your question at that moment, I promise to get to you literally within, you know, the next 30 minutes of your question. All right. Well, thank you guys both for joining me tonight. Um, and thank you guys for listening out there. And good luck, everybody, this week.